I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Years and Timestamps, a book club podcast. Yeah, your favorite book club my podcast. Favorite book club podcast. Podcast. Your favorite podcast. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed this section, man. I, I thought yeah. this was cool. Yeah, I thought our gals were getting along and, you know, like there was some, like, I feel like everyone was becoming a lot more trusting. We learned that some people were not human. <laughs> they right. were part human. Uh, it was cool. I th- maybe I wasn't just in the right mood to read yesterday. I once again did all my reading yesterday because I'm a lazy son of a bitch. But I was just so intensely bored mm. almost the whole time. I started yeah. skipping through stuff. Really? Yeah, I started just like driving through until I saw quotation marks so that I knew someone was talking and something important was happening. Speed reading. and Yeah, yeah. it's just... I don't know. It's just the same stuff over and over again. There's like way too much detail on the just dumb shit that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the thing that I had the biggest problem with or the section that I found myself having the biggest problem with was whenever they were going around scouting the air intake tunnels mm-hmm. around outside the whatever that city is called. Ogenth. Orgenth. Okay. The alien city. Yeah. Or settlement rather. Um, I was like, we don't need to be here for every beat of two tunnel inspections. And then they were like, and then we just went and checked the other ones. I was like, why didn't you just do that from the beginning? And then they have the encounter with the bear and they all get upset with the emissaries because they didn't tell them that one of them can speak to animals. And I was like, why is that something that you're upset about? That makes no sense at all. Yeah. And then I did, I I was a little not conflicted, I guess, but it was interesting how they were, I felt like they were trying to be creative by saying... I'm saying trying to be creative in a not complimentary sense in the fact that it was almost forcefully done like with the how like well humans uh, develop their vocal cords to develop their language and uh, this species I forgot it, I feel like it was that like it wasn't the bear species but it was the person that the emissary that, that mm-hmm. was talking to the bear mm-hmm. they're like we know how to talk by uh, movement and smell right <laughs> it's like that is so lame and not <laughs> possible or true <laughs> well it's because it's an alien species so how do we know right i mean and that's not but, even fair to say because like 90 percent of our language is body language but we also learned say, that they do but, it that they communicate that way in the first chapter because the first chapter is the emissaries meeting with visia and being you know uh, and then Visia blows up one of their settlements and then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're coming back for more later, motherfuckers, if you don't, you know, like, let that be a warning. So we already know that they can talk to each other via scent. And then whenever um, Angel is talking with Kirby, the main mm-hmm. emissary, and Kirby reveals to her, like, this is a different, this is, you know, we take on this form, we're a transforming species. This is my true form. This is what we look, yeah, this is, <laughs> you haven't even reached my final form. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, in the way that we talk, you know, I'm keeping my mouth, my human, you know, based mouth for this conversation so that I can talk to you. Mm-hmm. But normally, like she, Kirby tells Angel, we communicate via scent and movement. Yeah. So Angel already knows that the alien species can do that. So it shouldn't have and been such a shock. It wouldn't be a shock <laughs> to find out that other animals on the planet communicate in that way as well. And the way that they explain it in the confrontation after the bear makes sense. Like, you know, pretty much every animal on Earth human or otherwise, communicates via sound in some mm-hmm. way, whether it's actually articulating words like we do or just, you know, whales shouting at each other underwater. Mm-hmm. Like every, pretty much everything <laughs> on earth. Sorry, <laughs> the so funny thing in whales are just, <laughs> <laughs> they're not like singing a pretty language like the, the 
BBC would have me right, believe yeah. <laughs> in planet Earth. But like everything on Earth communicates, not everything, but the extreme majority of everything on Earth communicates via sound. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if another, if some planet, one species communicates in a different way than we do, it's not that hard to extrapolate that the other creatures of that planet also communicate that way. Yeah. And, was, and But then they were just like, well, why wouldn't you tell us that? That seems a little unfriendly, don't you think? It's like, a that's like hostile. if somebody got mad at me because I didn't tell them that... I know two languages or something like it's, yeah. like it's completely inconsequential to the matter at hand. Oh, I played trombone it's in just, high school. Right, so yeah. I know that this is a trigger trombone and it's right. like, why didn't you tell us that? That was kind of unfaithful it's just something of that's part of my everyday life. It's something that I don't think about because it's just normal. Mm-hmm. I've also already told you some of these things. Yeah. And if you were thinking, you would probably be able to extrapolate that as well. It's just, it was oh, such sorry. a stupid <laughs> conflict that makes no sense to me. I thought you were listening when we were talking. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize I was talking to myself. <laughs> it just seemed like a manufactured conflict. It didn't end up being like an actual conflict. It was just, I just didn't understand the our team's reaction to it. Mm-hmm. It just seemed so completely out of place and unnatural. Yeah. For it I, to not even matter <laughs> as <no>. well. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good point. I, and that was my only note. <laughs> I, I thought it was just a little heavy-handed just like because they i just felt like they were trying to be different by like we can communicate mm-hmm. by smell yeah and it's like no you no, you can't. which is also a, and, and i agree to that in, to a, a degree as well like it's just another example of how there's just too much explaining of little things that don't matter in this book again it's pedantic like i said yeah. last week i mean i'm a little bit biased because i have such a good book to like reference them doing a whole new style of language, you know, and, and it being it like completely getting rid of like having any facial expression except for like among the people that you like grew up with and the, and mm-hmm. like your family, you know, like you're the people that you like, I guess basically the, the person you marry, then the people mm-hmm. you like really, really, really trust is like Nakama. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And like, well, it's the King Killer Chronicles, the second book, there's, uh, like a race of people that they speak with a lot of hand language, like, mm-hmm. but like they keep their face stoic and, and flat at all times. Because, okay. And mm-hmm. and it's just interesting based on like their posture, their placement, even in like the circle among uh, like conversation and uh, like where they're looking, if they're looking at, at like how they, they're standing with their hands. Like if they're standing with their hands behind their back, it means that they like, they could whoop everyone's ass, you know, because like they, they have mm-hmm. their hands the furthest away from their weapons as possible. And they're in the mm-hmm. most like open, uh, vulnerable stance, you know, so they're just mm-hmm. like extra. I don't know. It's little things like that, that like not coming from their country. We don't know all these things that they mean. We don't understand the little it, it's like all rumored throughout the first book. We've, we don't even meet one of these people, but like it's rumored that these people are fidgety and weird and they're mute, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they don't talk and they're fidgety. But right. then when our hero you goes to their community, yeah, he, he learns that it's, you know, these hand signs and that they're, uh, when they do speak, it's, it's short, it's very deliberate, you know, mm-hmm. like if you were flirting with a woman, you'd go up to her and you'd say like beautiful to her. And then it would just be like, she would interpret the way you said it, like okay, right. the moment, there's a lot of, there's, read- more to the point. there's a lot of reading into it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <With this. laughs> it's a lot of reading between the lines. Did you that see- sounds like you, because it's a multi-series book that provides con- considerably more time to build up to something like that. That's so that's that you can gain a greater appreciation yeah. for it. And it's not just like, like alien race, we can talk immediate conflict. 
we smell shit. Like, well, that was know, the thing is like, like boom, I feel boom, like boom. I feel like you know if Patrick Rothfuss wanted to say like okay, well they just use a different sense to communicate. Let's do smell because that's weird. He could have done it, but he went like a lot more complicated mm-hmm. and was like, how do I make something that actually would be? Better. Yeah, and you're you're right. I'm being very critical. This book in total is. 12 hours the first book in the name of the wind is like 48 oh, hours it's like it's literally insanely long like yeah, the first that's those a two, lot of room to play with and that's why i'm not really all that angry that it's taken so long for the last book to come out of course i'm a new fan to this series and it has nothing to do with the book we're reading you haven't been waiting as but, long as other people maybe <laughs> yeah exactly same with game of thrones like i haven't been waiting as long as others but mm. and they are so long these mm-hmm, books so mm-hmm. it's like you know, yeah, you can see the reason. And I, he has it written; it's all written. But I'm sure it's just like he probably doesn't even want to want to read it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like he's yeah. sitting there looking at his book, and he's like, "I wrote this four or five years ago. Like I am a different person. I am a better writer. Like I am right, a father. Yeah. You know, like I've done a lot of he's different getting projects." Into the trap that people fall into when it takes them so long to finally do the thing that exactly. everybody's been wanting them to do. And he's and, and I'm sure he's nervous, and you oh, know sure. that he's got to put out this product. And I'm sure what he has written is good, and I'm sure he could probably just give it to a couple badass editors, honestly, that are super mm-hmm. fans, and they could go through it and then run things by him, and then he could rewrite it. But um, there's another thing I don't that know, I have a problem with this book. It's just it's terrible editing. Yeah, it's terrible editing. So many just weird grammatical errors that aren't that I can't write off as character mm-hmm. personality quirks. Like this person might be a little more illiterate than the person next to them. Mm-hmm. It's just like statements in a paragraph there's just like run-on sentences and there's all sorts of like weird shit that it just comes down to the editor yeah you can't expect the author to be a hundred percent on their first draft right but that's why you have an editor (laughs) to fix that for you and it's just permeates the entirety of the kindle edition that's frustrating yeah yeah the uh the audiobook narrator she does a really good job i think Mm -hmm. um and what were you saying that last week that's really good yeah i don't know how I'm glad that they have a good narrator. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how how long that this narrator's been writing or reading. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe maybe she's relatively new, but um, I mean, it's it's no, uh, I can't even remember his name, Jim Dale, but oh, it's uh, yeah. but she's good, you know. And every now and then, it's it's funny when you hear the narrator's. Vo- I feel like the narrators normally use their voice when they're reading just the basic text, mm-hmm. and then whatever character they assign their voice, I feel like is the main character. Mm, (laughs) And every now and then it's like, I feel like it's Kennedy most of the time when I hear this person's voice and, and she's not the one that like screams main character. Yeah. I mean, she, she does feel like a main central focused character, but this does uh, definitely more an ensemble cast than it is like one or two main characters. Yeah. Which is what that hook kind of led us to believe. It's a, a little different than, Where's the guy? Isn't there a guy in the hook page that was I don't like? Remember. I th- yeah, that's why I got that Firefly vibe because it was like uh, the whole space cowboy, you know, like mm-hmm. we're. Um, I don't remember what it said. If it, well, like we're going to a bar, you know, run by this lady, and it, and I thought it said some. I mean, I was probably just assigning a gender. <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I. I remember leaving the show last week thinking, okay, there's still something to look forward to in this book. I think that I was just being critical because I'm interested, but this week I'm just considerably less interested. Mm -hmm. I am ready for it to be over with. Ready to be done, yeah. Yeah. 
Because even we've now read two thirds of the book, and yes, yeah, some action happened this section, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of obviously not the main action of what's going to happen. So yeah. that makes me afraid that everything is going to rush considerably in this, you know, final third, and we're going to come to a conclusion that's just like, oh, we're there already, you know. It's just I don't I just don't know. I felt I felt like you called a lot of stuff that was going to happen too in this section because like once we started reading, I was like, did Will read a chapter ahead? Because this is all what we talked about. <laughs> I don't think you did. I'm just <laughs> I was like, damn, he's good. <laughs> I think that this just you know it. it you saw I don't want to I don't want to call it you know before I finish the book, but I just think it's just not good, mm-hmm. and it's just everything is relatively telegraphed and. You know, it's just like there, there's no way that I can't have that I can't have. I'm losing what I want to say. I just can't see how I would not have been able to call anything at this mm-hmm. point. Certainly now, having read, I'm be like, oh yeah, duh, duh, <laughs> duh, duh. It's just like duh over and over again, which yeah. is just upsetting. Yeah, I got you. Well, bummer. Does it feel still like a super um, not steampunk? Cyberpunk. Uh, thank you. Cyberpunk yeah, super cyberpunky and. Like I was thinking last week that, you know, I was trying to decide, is it just because it's bad or is it being cyberpunk bad on purpose? Yeah. Because cyberpunk in its history is almost inherently just bad. Campy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think that's the word we used last week. Campy Campy. and just, yeah, it's just not like in its origins, it was never any good. It was just a bunch of like, you know, amateur people doing amateur things for amateur readers. And we're disappointed to say, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that appears to be what's happening here, but there doesn't seem to be anything clever about it. Mm. So I don't think it's being done on purpose up to this point. Okay. I could still be proven wrong, I guess, but I think it's pretty safe to say. <laughs> and I hate being negative about, you know, cause I do also feel like there's something like, I think that the author's trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that maybe they're not that good at it. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, maybe there just isn't enough book, you know, like maybe, maybe she needed it like a, like a Patrick Rothfuss long novel. Like there's so much, yeah, in, maybe there's so many the opportunity for it. Just maybe one more book or yeah. Or just maybe even make this one a little longer. Cause like, there's so many details with all these characters. Like every one of them is so rich and like, like we we're saying last week, it was like, it's almost like in your face, how diverse and rich each character yeah. is that like, the author really could have done a lot more, I think, with that. And maybe that's that's why it feels lacking pacing. to us. Yeah, it's just... It's like like you said, everything is so rich. There's so much detail to all of these characters, but none of it feels earned. And well, I don't care about any of these fucking characters, and I don't care about how they got to where they are at all. Yeah, and when they give us the detail, like you were saying, in the when they were doing that, uh, they were checking through the pipes or whatever, mm-hmm. like, that didn't... It didn't like the details there. It like like when a we get mission it, debriefing. It's no fun. Yeah. It's, it doesn't like, why would there be so much time put into that part? If there wasn't as much pacing in other, other parts of it, I guess, you know, yeah. it seems, it seems odd. There's zero pacing in any of the character development. It's just like Angel meets up with these people at the bar whenever she's going to take the new job from Rosie. And immediately we're supposed to be like okay these are her friends and we're supposed to care about them too Mm -hmm. and then they go on the mission we get a couple of like you know quirky bits from some of the her friends find out some aren't even human (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) and then it's just like every every single bit of character development 
is squished into a chapter and then thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, there's just like nothing earned about any of the development in this story so far. I don't it, I have, I don't even have a reason to hate the bad guy, Vasia. Yeah. Like we talked about last week is just like, she's supposed to be like, the, you know, the, the dumb villain who just hates on the emissaries because we need a villain. Mm-hmm. And that's okay sometimes. But then we're also given her reasons that don't make any sense. I don't know. (laughs) I just don't understand what the creation process of this story was, I guess, is maybe ultimately what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of passion in it, but it's just what's what's driving yeah it's like she yeah. had like a like an idea and she, and she really was excited about the idea and wanted to get it out there and had all these things and then like had to cram it into one book and you know maybe this was something that you know the author had put off for a while mm-hmm. and then it was like well now's my opportunity to do it and i have pretty much all of it you know in this lexicon that maybe they wrote and, and i'm sure it's different too it. coming yeah i'm sure it's different too like reading it knowing everything and like trying to cut it down and thinking what might and might not be important. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe yeah, it was like a self-editing sort of thing. And that, that maybe is why it's lacking. Cause it's, yeah. I've had that trouble with some of the short stories that I've wrote mm-hmm. when I was like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to cut that bit. I feel like that bit's really important. Mm-hmm. And then I had to like, look at it over the course of weeks and weeks and be like, okay, I can cut that bit. But then it, if but you then cut also, too much, then it's like, oh, I'm, I just got rid of her whole backstory. <laughs> right. But I also get to cheat with those short stories because they only have to be, you know, 15 minutes long. And so it's not like I had built up, you know, 12 hours of content that I had to cut down to 15 minutes. Like, you know. Do you want to read one of those on the uh, on the podcast? I could. I've posted <laughs> a couple of them before. So it's not like they're not out there for the people to be, you know, see them. So, I, you know, I guess i can't say that i would be embarrassed to do it <laughs> it'd be kind of cool maybe i'll write try and write one this week and we can we can read them on the podcast next week it's a pretty fulfilling exercise in okay. my opinion i don't do it nearly as much as i used to and i don't do it nearly as much as i con- should continue to do but um i mean i have a couple that i feel moderately proud of um so yeah maybe that would be something worthwhile that'd be fun yeah um i'll uh I mean, like I said, there's a couple of them that I've already put out there, so I'd have no real excuse to keep it from, you know, putting it out there again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would be but, fun. Maybe we could force ourselves to write, like, well, you don't have to write a new one, but like. I have uh, one that I've been working on for like fucking two years, and I've wrote myself into a corner, and I yeah. don't know where to proceed, and that's really frustrating. Well, that might be fun to read then. Maybe. You might, you might, be, able to, <laughs> you might be able to break out of the, break the wall. Or whatever the term is. <laughs> That's not what they say in writer writing rooms. Right. We need to break the wall on this on this plot line. That'd be cool. Maybe we maybe I'll uh try and branch out into something that I've never thought of, like into the sci fi world. Because I've played around a lot, you know, in the I know you've had ideas Harry we've Potter about space your ideas, and the, you know, to a great extent sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my problem. That's kind of why I think I was relating to the author a little bit is because, you know, my imagination will run wild and I'll go down some of these holes like this detail is super cool. But then it's like, how do I make that? Like, how do you form it? Yeah. How do I make it matter in the book? So it's not just like a chapter about the wood of this wand, you know? Right. (laughs) Like, that's not super cool. But like, maybe if, if I made it about... I don't know, like this guy, I don't know, maybe 
I really don't even know. Like, mm-hmm. it could could just be a kid that always saw like you think this he tree. Gets stuck like in the concept phase, and maybe like some of the like pre research. Well, I'm too eager them. to get the little details that I think are cool out that I don't know how. Oh, to, yeah, that sure. I don't know how to craft the space. You know, like I have a lot of trouble building the setting, and then and then really just like like building the scene and the setting is is a lot of trouble for me. And then mm-hmm. like, but getting the ideas on paper, I think are fine. I just have a lot. I can't put myself there and then almost like transcribe what I'm seeing or anything. Like I have mm-hmm. a lot of issues trying to create a story, but mm-hmm. I never have issues like writing a paper, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I see, yeah. I see exactly what you're saying. I have a lot of that too. I, I, I probably, I used to keep notes of my ideas and then I realized that I was using that as a crux and not getting any of them done. Uh, so I, I got rid of that note. I probably shouldn't have. But like I used to keep just like one like note page mm-hmm. on my notes section on my phone that was just like story ideas. I got rid of it and probably shouldn't have. But the, the, I, w- I had so many that were just like, what a fucking great idea this one line is. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make that an entire movie? You know, <laughs> <laughs> And it was just like some like I, just, I, I, mean, I can't come up with one right now, but I, I would come up with just like one idea. And I think uh, or that is such a great fucking joke, Will. Now, yeah. how do you make that an entire conversation? <laughs> well, I know that they've done that in Parks and Rec, like towards the later seasons. There mm-hmm. was one episode where uh, it was the low cal calzone zone, something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, and they made that joke, and they're like, "That's really funny. We need to make yeah. it so that Ben has that." And then they wrote a whole episode around how Ben runs this like mm-hmm. low cal calzone zone. But that's thing. also like an insanely talented comedic writers room. No, for sure. Like but Amy yeah. Poehler and Tina Fey and everybody. You know, it's just funny that I mean. You know, they do it too, and then they write mm-hmm. a whole episode around it, and you were doing it just for fun, and, and they're still doing it. You know, like, mm-hmm. I guess I guess even at the professional level, you can do something like that. The only ones that I've successfully finished and then edited up and ended up, you know, being comfortable releasing were ones that I was able to put myself in. Okay. Going back to you talking about, like, you don't know how to, you know, get a story going mm-hmm. because you just have, like, the idea and, not and like, the details. It, the only ones that I've been able to finish are ones that I was able to, you know, even if I had to like sort of force myself into and be like, okay, how would, how would I play through this situation or whatever, or how would this be me making this decision or whatever the, whatever the, you know, the crux of the story is, how could that be a thing that I would be involved in? And then Mm -hmm. that helps me get somewhere else. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I think the last time I tried to write something, I was trying to do it. I was thinking, I think we had just read Salem's Lot or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, so like forever. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> literally it was project, a long, yeah. it was a long time ago that I tried writing something, and uh, and I just remember thinking about how Stephen King was saying that the characters developed in ways that he didn't really even expect, like, mm-hmm. and it just made me think, like, okay, he's he's almost role playing with his own characters, and then seeing how it turns out, and like he just like puts them in the setting, and then. Mm. And then just sort of lets him I feel, just live. Exactly. I feel mm-hmm. like he's playing the dungeon master in his own little game. Oh, that's a good way to think. And about then it. he's he's literally like, okay, if this character is the you know like, mm-hmm. I'm literally going to use D and D terms, but he's like the neutral or I can't even remember what it is, but it's the your affinity or whatever, like your good or bad or what is it? Oh right, um, yeah, it'd be like like lawful neutral. Thank or you. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Chaotic, chaotic neutral, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, so like. I feel like he almost assigns those sort of character traits to the people. And then 
he lets it play out how it would actually play out. And that's why it's so realistic. And that's why it's so raw. And it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe Stephen King did that. And he's like, well, it wasn't my fault. Right. <laughs> They're yeah. just playing the game that I said. He's like, I'd like, right, I'd right. like to play a game. <laughs> he's the guy in Saw. I want to play a game. Yeah. I have a terrible Jigsaw or whatever. Jigsaw, yeah. I wonder if that would help me help me write a little bit if I thought of it more as like a Dungeons and Dragons sort of campaign. And then I like maybe write a little bit of a backstory for these characters. And like, certainly if you have multiple characters, like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I had never really considered it that way before. Yeah, because I've only ever written stuff with just a singular character. And in mm-hmm. fact, the two that I completed, they are the only people that show up in the story at all. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess kind of cheating. <laughs> I haven't tried to introduce anything more complicated. The one that I haven't finished does have a couple of additional characters. And nice. so that's why I'm getting fucked up. Well, he always does go into the perspective of the other ones, doesn't he? It's, yeah, he uh, jumps through them a lot. And at least certainly in everyone that we've read for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm really I mean, trying to think of one that he hasn't gone into multiple multiple perspectives, even in the Institute. I wonder if we never read. Uh, oh man, the the stand. No, it wasn't. We haven't read that. But the we stand, didn't like five billion pages. Yeah, that one's a, that one's a long one. Um, we read the sequel to this one. It was uh, uh, Ian McKellen. No, it's got the. The Obi Wan Kenobi. God, I can't remember his name. Ewan McGregor. Thank oh, you. Um, Doctor Sleep. Thank you. Yes. We, yeah, we what we didn't read well, either The Shining or Doctor Sleep. We just watched both movies because Doctor Sleep didn't was read coming Dr. out. Sleep? No, Doctor Sleep was just coming out, and oh, I thought, I thought why don't we watch The Shining and then go watch Doctor Sleep in theaters? And oh, I thought we read Doctor Sleep for some reason. No, you're right. That one I was thinking maybe would only have one perspective, but. But I mean, we didn't read it, so I don't know. But the the little girl is also a main character in that movie, so I bet it jumps between. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, what's a what's a Ewan McGregor's character's name? Is the boy from The Shining? Is Johnny? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Here's Johnny. Oh wait, no, that's <laughs> Jack's character. What's, what shit? How can I not remember the little boy's name? It's so iconic. Anyways. Um, yeah, his character and then the little girl who also is like a psychic and he teams up with to take out mm. the vampires. Are we? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess just in that, that whole sense, like even if there was a character that he wasn't going into the mind of, I still sort of feel like he was playing with them as a DM would do like maybe yeah. an NPC or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a character that he might not care about as much. He'd still have them doing stuff through the story and has to make so what would they be doing if you don't all... see it from their perspective. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think. I think that's why it feels so real and mm-hmm. scary, and I never thought about it. I guess I never put it in that perspective either. The extreme majority of game, Stephen but... King's books, and you know, we've talked about it, you know, when we've read his books for the show, but everything is pretty grounded in reality. There's going yeah. to be some supernatural element, of for course, sure. but it happens in a way that doesn't just get explained away with oh, that magic. Mm-hmm. Except for you know, maybe I know he's written a couple of fantasy novels. I haven't read them. Uh, so maybe in those, there's a couple of instances of that magic, but, <laughs> but for every th- movie that I've ever seen that is him or every, you know, book that I've read by him has felt as realistic as possible given the supernatural element. Yeah. And so I think that that's part of, you know, what makes it feel so intense and human is that he's letting the humans be real humans mm-hmm. in a real human sort situation. Yeah. Letting them mess up, not just look into everything and... Yeah. Yeah. 
I wonder if he does that every now and then. He's like, oh no, these guys are going to get messed up. And he's like, I got to throw him a bone. Right. <laughs> like, I'm the, I am still the DM. I got to make this. Right. I don't want it Keep to end here. Little <laughs> yeah, bit, yeah, I don't want it to be over right we now. We have to get to the next story beat. <laughs> yeah. That would suck. He's like, well, this book's trash. I can't, I just killed everybody. <laughs> they all <Whoops>. failed. <laughs> Throws it out. Right. How many of those exist? Probably. I mean, because he writes like what, or he publishes like two a year. He probably references those so frequently in his other books. Like they're mm. probably side characters in the books that we're reading that like he wrote half stories about, about yeah. that he's just like, they have no idea how much work I put into that person. I've been trying to get this fucking character into a published book for 15 years. But they ruined the story when they were the main character. They got everyone yeah. killed. Much so, better side character. Yeah. I put them in the background. It did a lot better. But you were saying that you did enjoy this section a lot. I feel like I, I immediately started off on a really negative foot. Yeah, I think it was just fun. I wasn't holding it as much to a high standard as I was originally. I was trying to enjoy it, to be honest. And um, and honestly, it just made me laugh when we ran into that captain that sucked ass. I was just like, oh, perfect form for this book. Like, everybody sucks. <laughs> like, right. it's such a, another bombastic, like badass chick you know character which right. was fun but uh it also feels like uh kennedy's about to do some like secret agent woman stuff which is going to be dope. that's definitely what she's doing yeah. she's been planted on the attack team right this, right right this is Vasia's, you know initial attack team against uh olgenth and um, um, rosie planted her on there to help take care of stuff while they attacked Vasia back home yeah and the last thing that we read, I think, is it's either Kennedy's last chapter or is Angel's last chapter, I guess. But I, I can't remember which one it is. But the last time that we see Kennedy, she gets caught by the ship's AGI. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, that's why I'm so excited about it. So we'll have to see you know, how she gets around that or if she does and what that means. Yeah, wasn't she in her room? No, she was in the... Um, they don't have a room on the dropship. Um, oh, I thought she was like she had gone to the the, I she was the person like, that she, the mercenary that she was sitting next to uh-huh. on the ship was is a mech pilot and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go, you know, check my equipment right quick. You want to come check it out? We got nothing else to do." And Kennedy's like, "Yes, that's a good idea because figuring out what to deal with the the mechs is is also on my list of things I need to do mm-hmm. because I need to hack into them at some point." So she goes with, and while she's in there, she's, you know, scoping out the mechs, you know, uh, over the local network. And that's when she gets caught by the ship's AGI. Oh, who is the, I was, I was thinking of the scene where, uh, dang, I guess I didn't realize that that's when it happened. I thought, I must've thought she just went back. I thought she had her own room too. Like I thought she was, uh, on their ship as like. Didn't the captain say like who hired who hired you like you suck? <laughs> yeah, it's You're super underqualified. So I thought that they like she had snuck her way on board as like a, they did falsify am, her mm-hmm. you know trip on. Yeah, but they they don't explain like what it is that she's meant to be impersonating a mech repair. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> a mech repair girl, gal. I'm just kidding. They don't even say anything like that. Yeah, for hmm. it to be like a weird conflict. And not really a conflict, but an interaction with the, you know, the advanced team's captain. It's odd that they don't tell us what it is that she's impersonating. Yeah, that's a good point. No wonder she got busted. I hadn't really considered that. I (laughs) Uh, I just kind of let it go. I think because at that point I was just kind of letting things go. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, that's what, Kennedy. We the last time we see Kennedy is she gets caught by the you know the advanced team's ship AGI. Um, the last time that we see Rosie, she gets caught by the Mercs back in um, Brenner. Mm-hmm. And the last time that we see um, Angel and her team, uh, the 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 ship that was coming immediately after them that is on their side is arriving. Um, Jess is the name of the person, and she's an emissary, mm-hmm. and she's Kirby's mate, and she flies a ship called Hadley's Hope. Yes, and, I remember that. Um, it was, it was, the author apparently knows somebody named Hadley and wants to keep referencing them because we've got the Hadley Beatles and now we've got Hadley's Hope. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for a third reference in the final third, and I'm going to tell Hadley. We need to meet Hadley. You are apparently going to become a really famous person because in the future everybody is naming bullshit after you. Um, and uh, oh, geez, and that's how do? that chapter ends. She's going to be the next like red president. <laughs> right <laughs> does she become famous for positive reasons or negative reasons well i mean Only the future will tell yeah the way the way it's looking doesn't seem like anybody's getting a positive review anymore <laughs> which sucks right but whatever we're not a political podcast we're a book club podcast <laughs> right god being a political podcast would be so tough that sounds like no fun at all oh yeah man that would be rough listen to npr in the morning as I'm getting ready and it's just sounds like, I don't understand how any of them are having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I listen to a lot of independent, well, not a lot. I literally listen to one guy a lot and I feel like he's, he's a journalist. So like, I definitely feel like sometimes I'm getting manipulated just the way he's speaking to me because he's Mm -hmm. telling me the ways that they're manipulating me in the way that they speak to me. So I know he's doing stuff, whether he's meaning to or not. Um, I'm sure some of it's intentional, you know, like definitely for uh, click clicks and uh, titles. And but I, I do feel like it's well, a relatively... somebody's presenting something mm-hmm, for sure. They're doing just that. They're presenting something. Mm-hmm. There's intense behind what it is that they're presenting, the way that they're presenting it. There's there's as long as a human is behind it, it's impossible mm-hmm. to be entirely neutral about. it. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing, too, is like it's just him. I mean, I listen to a podcast he does with several other people. So it's like differing opinions. But and. I feel like he's relatively, uh, like he'll pull from every side. Mm-hmm. So he gets labeled a lot of stuff, but, uh, it's definitely not as, I need to start watching that one. Uh, have you heard of that one news show that's on YouTube? It's got a, it's a guy and a girl. I think it's an Indian guy and like a blonde lady. And, and, and I'll have to look up the show. It's a, but it's, it's like, He's a right wing conservative and she's a left wing liberal. How okay, are they going right. to get along? It's not like a sitcom or anything, yeah, but it's, right. it's literally like it's they're both so far on each side mm-hmm. and then they come to get like they're they're both presenting the news and they're having like a. Like, like and a, like they're a not yelling. Or, they're not even yeah. they're not even like I, I don't think that it's an argument. I think it's mm-hmm. just like they're presenting it's both what a sides. Debate traditionally should be. Yeah, know? I think I think As it's opposed just, to just screaming. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's just like two friends on either side <laughs> mm-hmm, right. that like are pulling news from stuff. And, and, and it, I, I haven't watched enough to where I know exactly the format of the show. I just, you know, I know one guy is right. openly one side and the other person yeah. is openly You've the other side the gist of it. And the only, the only time I, I started watching, cause I wanted to start getting more news, uh, was like during all the Bitcoin stuff. And I was like, I, <laughs> or not Bitcoin was during the GameStop stuff. And oh, I was like, yeah. I do not want to hear any more about learn about your stonks. Yeah, how much I'm how much I should have spent on GameStop stocks. Like I wish I had gotten in when Reddit was talking about it. 
I didn't even know they were talking about it. Yeah, I was late to that game. Uh, well, it, but, I wasn't late. I never arrived. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, because I knew that I would be late by the time I knew about it. I was like, well, okay, well, it's, you know, that ship is too sailed. late now. Yeah. I bought some Dogecoin. Nice. That's supposed to be doing well. It's gone down a cent because <laughs> it was only at like six cents whenever I was like, okay, I think I'm going to buy it, but you can't buy on the weekends. So I'd wait till Monday morning. By the time Monday morning came around, I had gotten up to eight cents. Ooh. So I bought like 310 Doge coins and then it immediately dropped down to seven cents. And I was like, well, that's how things go. Whatever. How do you buy, so how we'll do you buy the Doge coins? Hmm? How do you buy the Doge coin? I, I through Robinhood. Robinhood? Yeah. Okay. I use Robinhood for my... Uh, stocks investments those Not that I have thieves time, but. <laughs> that made it so you couldn't buy more gamestop stock <laughs> i'm just kidding right. but no that's why i stopped watching that or why mm. I, I didn't watch the full episode because it was just that one guy that's talking about talking the, about and, and i think it was just the one guy because i don't think the girl was interested in it at all yeah. <laughs> and so he was just super excited he was like yeah mm. stick it to wall street and uh and I was like, I kind of wanted to see what the show was like, where they both mm-hmm. talked about a topic and then they like yeah. fact countered each Whereas other, you know? So it was pretty one-sided. <laughs> yeah, and, and which is fine because I'm sure he did his research, and I'm not saying that he's not legit right, or whatever, yeah. but uh, it just wasn't the episode. It wasn't the the best in for you as a yeah. new viewer. <laughs> yeah, I'd really like to see. Um, I, I mean, I like it when. I guess that's why I'm always so into Tim Pool because, like, whenever someone asks him, like about a fact he's like oh here it is <laughs> and he's like yeah. he doesn't pull it out like a literal piece of paper but he's got it and he's like he remembers it all he's he's freaking locked in he's he's smart so but i took an iq test the other day and i got 94 <laughs> yeah, to 115 i don't so buy that i'm all. pretty sure i'm i can say the r word now but <laughs> i'm not going to because we should i don't buy that at all dude you're, you're so much smarter than below average I know. I, kept, I, kept look, I, I looked up what that means, what those numbers mean mm-hmm. online. It said that my uh, I was classified dull. Dull. <laughs> That's what I was called. I was like, what? <laughs> so, and then like, like right I above. I've met people that are so obviously dull. I know. It was just like, wait, that's like the medical classification for what that IQ means is dull. <laughs> Which also said it was like six <laughs> questions or something, right? Like it was. Yeah, like, it was eight questions. There were shapes and patterns and stuff. That is such like a was, BuzzFeed equivalent. Like, <laughs> it was freaking hard too. <laughs> I was having so much trouble. I was taking the test and I was like, this is tough. And the person I was with was like, are you serious? And I was like, I mean, I'm having a lot of issues right now. And then she was doing it later and she was like, how did you have any trouble with this? And I was like, well, I don't know. It sucked. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. Like actual IQ tests, like ones that people use for whatever applications people use that kind of shit for. I, like, you know, I guess like, you know, like a, like a, like a, like jobs, I guess, if it's like a really demanding academic job or something like that, mm-hmm. or I feel like the know. ASVAB or whatever is like the government IQ test. Yeah, but it's pretty basic because they don't need you to be too smart to be in the army. In fact, they would probably prefer if you weren't that smart. Yeah, we'll take them all. Um, the, the army is helpful. Like Jared is an incredibly, our friend Jared, he's an incredibly intelligent person. One of the smartest people that I've met just in his general capacity for being able to learn and retain information not based on his resume <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> he doesn't always put it into practice no, in all Jared. fields but he has the capability he's like what people you know differentiate between like just intelligent and smart like intelligence is like you know commonly defined as like the ability to learn mm-hmm. and, you know retain information he's that he he took the asvab obviously whenever he went to go enlist 
And the recruiter was like, that is literally the highest score I have ever seen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, you know, I guess where I was going with that is like, he, he's an intelligent guy, but he's not even the smartest guy that I know. <laughs> and I think he would probably agree with that assessment. Yeah. And he had the highest score on the ASVAB that his recruiter had ever seen. Damn. So, so yeah, the ASVAB is like, you know, like a, a, a layman's version of like an actual, like, um, like collegiate reviewed IQ test. <laughs> yeah, we need like that. <laughs> Which ASVAB. is not what you took. <laughs> yeah, we need the ASVAB 2.0. ASVAB 2.0. I wonder if it would matter. I feel like a real IQ test, which I don't think is possible. But it's like, also I think a almost real... inherently um, subjective. <laughs> right, that's test. exactly what I was thinking. Because yeah. like, I, w- I wonder how much better or worse i would do right out of high school or college or whatever like still doing math regularly yeah. like having that, those formulas at hand is that going to matter know. on this test or is it like an actual test of like my iq my intelligence quotient or whatever like my mm-hmm. like you like you were saying your ability to learn retain and uh regurgitate or apply information or whatever mm-hmm. i'm sure regurgitation versus versus application <laughs> damn that was hard to say regurgitation <laughs> versus application i'm right. sure that was uh I'm sure that makes a lot of difference, you know, like, yeah. especially on what an IQ is. Yeah. I wonder, cause I couldn't do like complex algebra at this point. I was never particularly good at it in school anyways, but I don't mm-hmm. have those formulas at hand anymore. Yeah. I don't remember the formula to find like the area of a circle off the top of my head. I could sit there and think for 20 minutes and come to it probably, but I don't ever need that. So it's not in my brain anymore, as opposed to, you know, back when I was still going to college or after high school, like maybe like, oh, yes, it's that almost immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been so long since I've had to apply any of that, you know, mostly pointless knowledge. Yeah. So if those questions are on an IQ test, I almost certainly will get them wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a I guess that's the real thing. I wonder how you could do an actual IQ test that would that would be fair to all stages of life or whatever right and does your iq would your iq change do you think oh certainly okay i don't think that it's like like a video game stat that you're stuck with and yeah i think that you can grow and diminish certainly. for some reason i always thought of it as something like this is your iq you know like mm-hmm. you you have this ability with your intelligence you know, and you, you it was were, never explained to us in school. People were just like kind of, you know, because it was never a test that we had to take at school mm-hmm. either. And it was even for like elective courses. I don't remember ever hearing about anybody that had to take it for any sort of reason at all in high yeah. school. But it was always just like a thing that was thrown out there like, oh, IQ tests exist. Yeah. It was just like, OK, but what does that mean? Eh, they exist. <laughs> okay. yeah, same, same thing with those like aptitude tests or whatever. We took that one mm-hmm. in eighth grade or freshman year or something that yeah, was like yeah. said kenneth was should, should be an, a, a fashion designer oh is that what it, i can't remember what i i, I, think, I only I took those tests so i could designer. get out of class for a day i think it said he should be a costume designer that's hilarious i think that i was, was a bike last thing i would ever think about for kenneth i think i was a bike repairman what <laughs> yeah my number one <laughs> I mean, you do like mechanical stuff and you're very skilled at that sort of stuff where you have, you definitely have a propensity for that sort of meticulous work, I believe. Yeah, I would do it. But bike repair, it, was it just seems so like such a strange thing to aspire too. to. And it was so specific. Yeah. <laughs> bike repair. It's like, oh, okay. What part of my test? And one day when Jordan was five, he knew he yeah. wanted to be a bike repairman. Remember, remember the other day when I was like, I wish I knew like what you, yeah, what, what you were designed to do. What if that was the test that like told me and I just missed it? Yeah, you missed it. You're supposed to be a bike repairman all this time. I was going to be the best. 
We'd all be set set with those dope electric bikes. Right. Dude, our lives could have been sick if I was a bike repairman. You could still do it. This is Austin. There's a lot of bike people in Austin. That's true. Found your calling. I know a girl that plays bike polo. And she oh, has dreads. Okay. I don't really know. What I imagine any of most means. people that play bike polo have dreads. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Um but yeah, what is is polo with the the, the, the hammer. Yeah. Oh, it's a hammer. I thought it was like a lacrosse thing, like it was like a net and you scooped a ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's like a I'm pretty sure it's like a hammer. And you have to knock it around. Jeez, and on bikes, I imagine we're definitely on grass too, so it's gotta be tiring. That's probably terrible. Yeah, she's, she's like horses. She's got like strong looking legs too, like she could freaking kick the door down, you know, like Yeah. It makes sense. If you're competitively biking all the time. (laughs) I always thought of her like jousting on the bike for some reason. Oh, yeah. Bike jousting. Bike joust. That's such a common idea. Was that in a book? Did we read a book where this kid went into medieval times and he was jousting on his bike? No. Huh. I think I read a book before that happened. (laughs) Is that a Knight's Tale? No, in Knight's Tale, he skateboards. Oh, that's cool. And he shines his compact disc player's laser into oh, somebody's yeah. eye. That was it's a movie, good right? Good old Heath Ledger. Yeah. Heath. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. People love that movie, Night's Tale. I always wondered how you could do that, too. I was like, I can't ever get that shit to work. Like, I can't shoot the laser out of my right, that was a player. Little, <laughs> I was trying to get it to happen. A little unrealistic. <laughs> that was cool, though. Well, I'm, what, what else do you think about this book? We kind of <laughs> went off about other stuff, but that's okay. Yeah. That's what we were saying last week. This book gets us thinking. So at the very yeah. least, it gets us All talking. All the way to IQ test. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I don't know that I have much else to say. I think I got everything that I had out at the beginning mm-hmm. when I was being, you know, hyper negative. Um, but I feel justified in everything I said. <laughs> yeah. I stand by it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say. Okay. Like, there's basically nothing happened in this section. Yeah, and I'm hoping that it, I'm kind of hoping that there is maybe more to the series or something like, because all these characters have a lot of potential and she's laying so much groundwork that, I mean, we already said it all. Like, it's just, I think she's having some issues maybe. I don't know why I'm saying she is. The author a girl? I, th- I believe so. The author, I think, is just having maybe a little issues with with the pacing. And and maybe it's all down to editing, like you were saying from the beginning. Because that could very well be it. You have to have an editor that checks you. Not just the grammatical stuff, but also is like, this idea would be better over here or not at all. Or, or hey, fledge this out a little more. Or or like, hey, this needs to be shorter. We don't need so much detail on everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to have somebody that checks you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the only way that quality work gets done. Can you make this bad guy a little more It's not like J.K. Rowling just <laughs> threw out all seven books and nobody ever took a look at them beforehand. Like somebody told J.K., uh, no, Voldemort definitely needs to not have a nose, you know, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it might be. Voldemort, as he says in the first three books in the narrations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's like a soft tea. Voldemort. Yeah. That's funny. We used to call her Hermione. That's how I said it in my head the yeah. first time I read the books and, you know, the movies hadn't come out at that point. And then, and then in the fourth book, she's with Crumb and she's like, her, my own knee. And yeah. Alex, Alex came in and he's like, I know how to say her name. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I remember, yeah, that's, that's when it like occurred to me as well in my little, like, you know, however old we were, fourth I, year. I think that that book came out when we were in fourth grade. I think she did that 
for that purpose. Probably. In that, yeah. I think she put that scene in there because she knew so many people didn't know how to say the mm-hmm. name. The movies weren't out yet. And I think that was because that must have been when we've uh, theorized that that's when she got picked up for her next thing. So she must have heard people talking about Hermione right, <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the first three books. And she's like, that's not how you say it. Certainly all those dumb Americans. Like maybe the the British were more inclined to understand that name. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Although it might be even for them a pretty irregular name. Maybe I feel like, like Hermione somebody Station. has like an aunt that's named Hermione or something like that. I feel like there's definitely a train station called Hermione Station. It wouldn't surprise me. We've been there. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's all I've got. Unless you got anything else. No, I would just be playing in the fun creative space that this book makes me get to. Yeah. That is, that is a cool thing. At the very least, you know, giving that to you. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like every week it definitely gets us talking about some kind of like weird stuff, you know, like, Mm. I don't know. We obviously talked about it this time. So (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I've been in this, this week I did enjoy it. So I'm, I have been, to be fair, not paying as hard attention as I should be because of all of like the details. So I'm just trying to enjoy it at like a very superficial kind of level. Yeah. Like that's why I was like, our gals are getting along. When I wasn't even <laughs> saying like, this is what's happening. It's just. Right. There's a lot of it. Yeah. yeah I could see certainly if I was, certainly <coughs> if I was listening, I could definitely see myself being able to not tune into some of this because it's just droll at points. Ugh. Yeah, I'm excited for it to be over. <laughs> well, we'll have to find it for whatever what is next. We'll have to get a banger. Yeah, we'll have to find something. I'm sure we will. We this is only, at least for me personally, two of like 48 things that we've read that haven't been spectacular. Yeah, so we've got a pretty fucking good batting average. Yeah, we're doing good. And um, John Hua. Joan Hu is writing a new book, so she's coming I think coming that's out. supposed to be out at the end of the month, or yeah. maybe the beginning of March. I can't so remember. So we might need to squeeze another book in between, but okay. um, I'm excited for that, yeah. Yeah, and then Stephen King's an easy fallback. We've always got Dune we can go back to, especially if you want to try and stay in the sci-fi world. Yeah. So, and I think we get, I'm, I'm excited got, to get to Dune, Dune but back. I think we're going to hold Dune until maybe like mid-year, the movie. because the movie's supposed to come out in September, I believe. So we'll... Uh, ideally we'll time it to have finished it so that we can go then watch the movie in theaters and have that episode happen immediately after we finish the book. Yeah, the ding-dang pandemic got in the way. Yeah. <laughs> ding-dang pandemic, that's what they call it. <laughs> that's what they call it on NPR every morning. It's like, today on NPR, we're going to talk about the ding-dang pandemic. Can y'all believe the ding-dang pandemic is still getting people these days? <laughs> We got the vaccines. Out. No, I'm just <laughs> dude. Apparently, there's a shelf life on them, and like the vaccine goes bad. That doesn't surprise <laughs> like, me. It's so I didn't know that happened. Everything is so fucking poorly implemented in regards to this fucking pandemic. It's impressive how inept humanity seems to be. I just didn't even know that that was a thing. Like I thought, I just thought like it was good. Like you just kept, you just like I didn't realize they had a shelf life. It's like honey, it just lasts forever. I kind of thought that, yeah. <laughs> I sort of thought if we like ran into a pharmacy in the apocalypse or whatever, we'd be like, "Oh, all these pills are good. All these freaking it's always, syri- it's always portrayed all that these way, syringes are yeah. good. Everything's good in here." Right. <laughs> we could totally let's start doing some cycles of steroids and we'll get ripped in the apocalypse. No. <laughs> right. My uh, my mom did do the uh steroids. Yeah, she's on her third round of uh, 
of steroids. <laughs> she's, she's gotten <laughs> she's ripped. ripped. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> she's fucking it up. Yeah. She's doing keto. She's freaking jacked. Uh, no. Um, she did her second COVID shot and she oh, said, excellent. she said it made her super sick. No. Yeah. It's yeah. unfortunately a part of vaccination sometimes. Yeah. I don't get that because she was saying there's no way that you can transmit COVID or whatever it is. You can't get COVID from the vaccine, but she still got sick, but she didn't have symptoms of COVID. So it's like, what made you sick? Yeah. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know half enough about any of that sort of stuff to speak to that. Yeah. I think but she I was feel saying like that's just like a thing that I know as well. She, I think she was saying it was like her body getting all revved up to fight the virus. Like it was making all the stuff, she, yeah. all of the antibodies and stuff she needed to fight it, but it like really wore out It puts her your body into like a, it's okay, like a, a fighting situation. So yeah, that, so. that might've been why she just felt sick, you know, like run down, you know. It's like you're sick without being sick. Yeah. Your body's doing all the things that it would do if you were sick so that it can be good at it for the time that you actually are sick. Okay. Is the way that I understand it. Well, that sounds good. Cool. I'm apparently eligible for the vaccine. Nice. I think that's, I can only, I I can't think of any reason except for I work with the public and I smoke cigarettes (laughs) because those are the only two questions that I answered yes to on the screening. And then Austin public health was like, all right, you qualify. We'll let you know when there's something available. Did you get an email for that or something? Um, no, there's just like a screening site that you can go through, oh, okay. um, through Austin public health. That's, that's where I, keep... I have to go whenever, cause I, I get tested like every couple of weeks cause it's surprisingly not bad. Yeah. It's, it's actually it's like, it's uncomfortable for half a second and it's not even like dramatically uncomfortable. And ever since I had that first scare at work because somebody did get COVID and I had to go do it, I was like, Oh, this isn't bad. I should just do this every couple of weeks cause it's free. Oh, yeah. They do it at the library just down the street. Nice. So I can just set an appointment like at 830 in the morning. I'm in and out in under 10 minutes. Nice. Results like the next day. There's just like no reason not to just make sure that I'm not fucking people up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to get screened or whatever, like get my blood and stuff done. I don't think I've had it and didn't know, but. Yeah, that's the only thing that I would be concerned about is that I had it and didn't know if I was, you know, fortunate enough to have been asymptomatic. But then that also worries me as a concept because I wouldn't have known that I was giving it to people. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been... Just go donate blood and see if the antibodies are there. Yeah. I'm sure this is what everyone wants more pandemic talk, but we've always been (laughs) pretty lucky. I feel like never getting sick too often. Generally speaking, it doesn't take... I was about to say it doesn't take much. It takes a lot for me to get sick. At least that's what my track record shows. Same, yeah. I mean, but this obviously is one of the most transmittable, blah, blah, blah. Right. The last so. time that I was dramatically sick was the previous pandemic, the swine flu. I had that. Ooh. Well, you're good then. And that knocked the shit out of me. And yes. then I immediately had strep throat following it because I was so weak at that point. And then that was the oh, worst geez. case of strep throat in my life. That was like the absolute worst like three weeks of my life. I could not fucking believe how pathetic I felt. Is strep contagious? Yes. Ooh. I'm pretty sure it is. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Um, yeah, that was awful. And then before that, I hadn't gotten sick aside from just like like a irregular head cold that lasted a day. Yeah, same. I feel like I haven't really gotten like, you know, bedridden sick in a while. Yeah, it's been a long time since I was like, I can't do anything. I'm so sick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've gotten like allergies when the weather changes, yeah. but that's just central Texas. And I'm sure I'll develop a cedar allergy like everybody else that moves to this fucking city. And it's us all. <laughs> it's worse every single year. Apparently, the pollen count is like every every time it's cedar season, the pollen count goes up, and everybody's like, "This is the worst year it's ever been." Like, okay. Well, trees are growing every year, making more flowers. Right. <laughs> They're uh, the elderberry bush or whatever. Like it's a native plant to Austin. Mm. I think you can plant them here, but 
they're like illegal to plant in other counties and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. like you can't plant them in El Paso cause they're so, they make so much pollen mm. and it's so like detrimental to people's allergies and stuff <laughs> that, and it's like local to the it's area. It's also so. really dry out there. That's so a good I can point. See that so affecting exa- the air more easily. Yeah, so that's probably another reason why it's like you're not allowed to plant those there. But I just, just it's funny. It's not like it's not like a narcotic or anything. It's not like an illegal plant. It's not mm-hmm. like we're growing peyote or whatever. Like, have you ever seen silly. one of those Texas cedar trees explode? No, with the pollen. That it's sounds a, awful. <laughs> it's nuts, dude. I encourage anybody who hasn't seen just like the Slow-mo look guys. up uh, like Texas cedar tree. You know, when you could probably just say exploding and, you know, the Internet's going to know what you're talking about. It looks like an explosion. It's crazy. People hear it. People oh. will be like outside doing something and hear it and they'll be like, what the hell was that? And then there's really? just all this cedar pollen in the air. Oh, my God. Because it's, it's visible. It, it's nuts. It's the nuts. It's craziest fucking thing. Yeah, I know. We're Everybody should up. go see it. It's we're crazy. Lo- we're looking that up in like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that being said, that's a, I guess that's it. Um, we're going to yeah. go look at cedar pollen tree uh, explosions. Yeah, you guys uh, know how to find us. Anchor.fm slash ears-stamps. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Finish the book. Didn't mean to talk. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, it's all yeah. the same information. Same, same. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you all next week. See you all next week. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. His dog ears and timestamps. Oh, Where? the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Go Tom Brady.